You know, I think a, a lot of us know that, uh, you know, in high school sports, uh, a state championship is kind of the pinnacle, whether it's a team or a, an individual. You might have national rankings. Football, basketball have national rankings. But there's not really any platform for head-to-head competition, any national competition. But, but running, track and field, is one of the high school sports that, that does offer that. In cross-country, Nike hosts a, a national championship that focuses on the best teams. Foot Locker hosts a national championships, the, the best individual runners. And then in track and field, uh, you have New Balance. They have the New Balance Indoor National Championship, and then they have the New Balance Outdoor. Indoor is in March, outdoor is in, uh, in June. And so they host these championships, and it's it's phenomenal to be able to get to run at one of these things, to qualify for it. I mean, there are, there are people who will win state championships and not qualify to go to one of these meets. The guy coming in last place is probably going to, uh, to college on a Division I scholarship. So these are phenomenal athletes, and it is really something to get to go there and, and see that and, and be a part of it. Well, New Balance does a freshman mile. They got this whole big meet, most of it's just because of the, the strength and speed, most of it's juniors and seniors, but they, they do a freshman mile, and it has also a pretty high qualifying standard, but they, they allow freshmen to kind of, these up-and-comers to kind of come and see what that scene looks like and be able to compete on that platform. Well, my son, Colin, a ninth grader, as he came into this year, that was, that was kind of his goal. I mean, it was a big goal to be able to, to qualify and be able to go to New York City and run at the New Balance Indoor Freshman Mile. And so uh, we start the indoor season and we're moving through the indoor season. And the first weekend of February uh, at, at a meet local here, he, he runs a qualifying time. I mean, he, he blows right through it and ha- way below the qualifying time. So, man, we're, we're just pumped. We're so excited. We're jacked through the roof. I mean, also, obviously you want to do good when you get there. But just to get to go, just, just to be there is a dream fulfilled. It's a goal fulfilled. So Monday night, February 13th, I won't forget this night. Monday night, February 13th, we, well, I'm at home. We go upstairs to my office and, and we're going to register uh, to get him in, into this meet. And so uh, a little bit of a laborious process. You had, first of all, you have to be a member of the USA Track and Field Association. So we have to go to that website, get all registered. Never saw this coming, but there's a dues to be a part of that. And uh, so, you know, you have to pay that and get that membership number. Then we come back to the New Balance site and we're filling all this out and putting in his time and, and the meet because they've got to be able to verify that you actually qualify. And so you're getting all this information. And literally the last question is what meet you're registering for. So we've been at this for about 15 minutes. And we're scrolling down. And there's, I mean, there's 80 events. This is a four-day track meet. And we're scrolling down. It's right there near at the bottom. And out of all these events, the Fresh Mile was the only one that was grayed out. You, you couldn't click on it. You ever done that? Keep clicking on something? It won't, won't click on it. And out, out to the right of it, in red letters, is race full, closed. And I mean, yeah, you're telling me. And so, I'm telling you, right this, it was like the life was just sucked out of the room. I mean, it was like, n- no. And, you know, so then you do, you do what you do. Y'all have done this to you. Then you close the internet site and start all over because that's going to change everything. You know, there's got to be something wrong with my computer here. Uh, and, and so, we're, we're trying to, to fix this. We're trying. Now, what was not totally a surprise to us, we knew there was a limit. It's the only race there. Anybody, any other race, if you qualify, you go. But the freshman mile had a limit of 30 runners. And so we knew there was a limit, 
uh, we just didn't know we were going to be outside looking in. And what we didn't know when we'd come to find out in the, uh, in, in the weeks to follow is uh, this freshman class, the 2015 class, and by the way, this is way more information than you want, I know that. Uh, the, the 2015 class is one of the fastest classes that's ever come through in, in distance run. They had the fastest milers they've ever had. They had the fastest sign-up uh, that they've ever had for a class. And so, you know, we're just like, gosh, I can't, I mean, it's like a dream fulfilled, and then we're crushed. I mean, we went downstairs, we were explaining what was going on, and I mean, folks, I mean, I went to bed, I ached that night going to bed. I just hurt for him. Now, you know what? I deal with a lot of things in life, so do you. And I can put a track meet in its proper perspective. I mean, I know where that goes on the, the list of priorities. But at that moment right there, man, that seemed like about the loss of everything. I got into bed and, man, I just hurt. But then there's mom. Because this story is not about Colin and it's not about New Balance Indoor Nationals. It's about crazy moms on a mission for their kids, okay? So I wake up the next morning and, and I, see, I see it in Karen's eyes. I mean, the train is on the track and I know when to get off the track. I mean, I'm dumb, but I ain't stupid, okay? And, and so I, she wakes up next to me. She, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call them. You're gonna call who? I'm, call, I'm calling Newbound. I'm calling today. I'm gonna fix this. I was like, you know, Karen, there's nothing to fix, man. There's, there's 5,000 athletes at this meet, you know, and there's limits and there's standards and it's, it's done. It is, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do. Well, about this time, Colin's come down for breakfast and he's figuring out what's going on. And, and, and unfortunately for him, he has a personality a lot like mine. And so that gets us both into usually the same trouble. And, and so we're saying, and I hate to admit this, folks, we're literally mocking my, uh, Karen. I mean, we're just you know, stupid. It's not going to do anything. You know, you're just making matters worse. And so we, we, we leave the house that morning. It's Valentine's Day. We, we leave the house that morning at 6.50. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. And uh, so we're walking to the car, both of us, just mumbling. I can't believe she's... <laughs> By 4.30 that day, Colin was registered in the New Balance Indoor National Championship. Yeah, yeah. I... Uh, and at 6 o'clock, New Balance sent a big bouquet of flowers and chocolates and apologized to her for hurting her little boy's feelings. And uh, no, that's not true. That just made that part up. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how she did it. I mean, I do know how she did it, but, but I, I, don't, I know this. Moms are crazy when they're on a mission for their kids, aren't they? Look with me this morning to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible with you, we've got one in the chairs in front of you. If it's not right in front of you, I know somebody will hand it to you. Matthew chapter 20, first book of the New Testament, first gospel. And we're going to begin at verse 17. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. says there, while going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the twelve disciples aside privately and said to them on the way, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn Him to death. They will hand Him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And He will be resurrected on the third day. 
Then the mother of Zebedee's sons. Zebedee's sons. You know their names. It's James and John. James. You know, Peter and Paul get a lot of play for leaders in the church, don't they? That, that's kind of as the New Testament unfolds. But James actually was the head of the church, the, the lead pastor in the church at Jerusalem. After Jesus ascended and the church started, James led the church there in Jerusalem. Uh, John, as you know, he wrote the Gospel of John, wrote the book of Revelation, other letters in the New Testament. So James and John are brothers, and, and this is their mother. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached them with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something. What do you want? He asked her. Promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and the other on your left, in your kingdom. Now that is a mom on a mission. Now you ever heard the phrase, timing is everything? You know, I read the context. I read verses 17 to 19 for, for a reason. That gives you a, a context. Jesus is walking along with his disciples, and, and they're talking. They're on their way. They're, they're, you know, they're approaching Jerusalem. And Jesus says, hey, listen, when we get there, it's, it's, it's going to get pretty bad. You know, I mean, things are going to kind of get turned upside down here. It's not, it's not going to go well, particularly for me. And, he, and he's explaining what's going to happen. Now, you imagine you've... You've been following Jesus now for three years. You've left your work. You've left your family. You, you've been following him. And now he delivers this news. And so can, can you just imagine what the feeling is in that moment? I mean, there's got to be an, an air of seriousness, an air of heaviness, maybe confusion. You know what I mean? God, what, what does this mean? I mean what, what, what's happening to Jesus? What's going to happen to me? What, what's going to happen to us? And so this is the context. This is what is going on when James and John's mom shows up. Now, she comes walking up to Jesus, and I just kind of imagine, I'm not saying this is what happened, but I just kind of imagine James and John are standing behind Jesus, and they know what mom's going to do. They know what she's thinking. I mean, who, pray tell, doesn't know what mom's thinking? You always know what mom's thinking. So they see mom approaching Jesus, knowing probably what she's going to ask. And I don't know, I just picture James and John behind Jesus going, no, 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 not now. Bad timing. Not, I mean, Jesus is talking about being crucified and flogged. And here she comes with this request. And, and she says, uh, listen, when you come into your kingdom, uh, I want James and John to have like the number one, number two spot, okay? And, and can you hear the rest of the disciples? No, she didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she did. Oh, yeah, she did. And, and maybe they're thinking, how? How insensitive, you know, when he's talking about being crucified and flogged. And she asks a question like this. And, and I kind of imagine her going, what? He said he was going to be resurrected. I'm just getting on down the road with it. So how's this work out in the end? This is a mom crazy for her kids. And I'll tell you something. I think God loves it. You say, why do you think that? Well, he put it in there for us to read, didn't he? We're still talking about it 2,000 years later. God's the one that wired it. God's the one that designed it. I think he pulls the angels together. He says, y'all, come here, watch this. This is going to be pretty cool. I know what she's going to do because I know everything. So watch what she's going to do right here and stands back and sees that. That's awesome. Mom, just wired to be crazy for her kids. Now, having said that, I feel like I need to make some disclaimer here. Okay, moms? Now, if your craziness is on the news, that's probably not from God. Okay? If your craziness gets your kid kicked out of Little League or, you know, off of Toddlers and Tierras or some other dance studio, you know, probably not from God. And you know, it should go without saying, but let's go ahead and say it. If your craziness gets you arrested, that probably wasn't from God, okay? okay? And, and, and 
gosh, every time you hear about a mom being arrested, she's a mom of a cheerleader. Have you heard? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you, that's a crazy bunch of people right there. But anyway, so, so we, we need to realize not all craziness is from God. But you know what? Man, ladies, you know, we do need to take that wonderfully zealous passion you have for your kids. And you do want to yield that to the Lord. You do want to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and help on how you live that passion that God has given you for your children. Now, let me, let me give one other disclaimer here, kind of slamming on the brakes from where we've been going and talk about, let, let's acknowledge, man, when we come to this day, this is, this is a different day in the church. Mother's Day is like this, Father's Day is like this. I, I think there's some other days that can kind of get up here like that, but there's a lot of emotion a lot of different experiences as we come to this day. Man, I hope for you. Man, I pray for you that, that Mother's Day is a day of, of remembering and celebrating and enjoying. But reality is, that's, that's not the case for everybody. That's not the case of what's going on all the time. As a matter of fact, some of us in here today are maybe going through our first Mother's Day with the loss of a mother. We got a precious member of our church. I talked to her yesterday morning. Is in West Virginia is at a funeral for her mom right now. You know, imagine that, bearing your mom on Mother's Day. And some of you maybe done that recently, done that since the last Mother's Day. And so, yeah, man, we're celebrating moms and all you're feeling right now is loss. You know, or maybe, maybe you come to this moment and, man, you've been, you've been wanting to be a mom. You've been waiting to be a mom. And that, that's, man, there's some difficulty there and that's just not coming about. And so there's a sense of emptiness and, and, and a set of unmet expectations. And, and then, of course, there's our, our relationship with mom. Man, you know, there's a... <laughs> There's a wide spectrum of being a mom, isn't there? There's a wide spectrum of our experience with mom. And man, some of them are great and, and, and some of them not so much so. And, and so we enter a day like this and you know, there's some... There, there, there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of hurt. Sometimes there's a, a sense of anger. Well, I'll tell you something. If that's where you are, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I know maybe coming from me that doesn't amount to a whole bunch. But man, you know, I'm sorry for you. I really am. Man, when God designed... A mom. When God invented a mom, man, I'll tell you something. He created something really awesome. That, that was an awesome idea by his. But with God's perfect design, with God's awesome ideas, comes a fallen world. And in that fallenness, that, that design sometimes doesn't work like it's supposed to. That's our fallenness. We brought that, not God. And, and so sometimes things don't quite line up. And that's what allows for that, that hurt, that loss. But... But God created something wonderful there. And so, yeah, it hurts a little bit more when we don't get to experience or enjoy that wonder. But, man, this is what I would say to you. Keep holding on to God. Keep seeking after God. You know, go to Him with that hurt. Go to Him with that loss. And, man, there is hope and there is healing. And, you know, folks, sometimes it is our losses. It is our hurts. It's that lack of closeness to a mom or a dad or some other significant relationship where you anticipated there was really supposed to be some closeness and, and some met needs. And that sometimes it's the lack of those things that is the only thing that drives us to closeness with God. Because I tell you what, we can come through life and miss it in a relationship. But if you come through life and you miss it with God, that's a bigger deal. So, you know, we use life's events. Let those drive us to a closeness with God. 
So, so recognizing that, man, there's a wide range of emotions, a wide range of experiences as we come in here to, to celebrate Mom and Mother's Day. Uh, you know, I hope we can. I hope for a lot of us it is great joy and celebration as we stop and we remember, hey, there is a person on the planet, one person that was wired, that was designed to live sacrificially for you. You have one person on this planet that was designed, molded, and made to do that. This person that will send one more email. This person that will make one more call. This person that will talk to one more person that will stay up one hour later. That will go one more day doing everything they can for you and your well-being. It may not always be right. She may not have always done it right. She may have done it in a way that annoyed you or embarrassed you. You know, she may, uh, she may be crazy in that from your perspective. But you know what? It is for you. It is for you that she did that. And you know what God says? God says, I want you to honor that. Not, not how right or not right it was done. Not how much it annoyed you or didn't annoy you. I want you to honor her and the way she's designed to live for you. I want you to honor it. I want you to respect that. I, I want you to be appreciative of that. Here is this person. This one person on the planet that is designed... I mean, think about this, folks. A big portion of her life serves no purpose but your well-being. She is, she is living for nothing other. Her whole life is designed for your well-being, for a big part of life. You know, we think about sacrifice. And a lot of sacrifices we see and we acknowledge. We, well, you know, a, a one mate can sacrifice for another mate. I mean, there's times where a, a child can sacrifice for a parent, a friend for another friend. We think a lot about our military. You know, man, a lot of them are sacrificing right now. They're separated. They're away from their family protecting. And some of them pay the ultimate sacrifice. Matter of fact, we can turn on the news. We can even see the sacrifice of a stranger for another stranger. Boy, we hear the stories of those sacrifices and we applaud them and sometimes we call them heroes and those, those stories are celebrated. But you ever thought how unnoticed a mom's sacrifice often goes? You know why? Because it doesn't stand out. It's par for the course. It's just what she does day in and day out. There's very few, if, if any, who will cry for you more than she does? Who will want for you more than she does? Who will pray for you more than she does? Who will clean up after you more than she does? And by the way, she doesn't think that's a blessing. Very few who will try to move heaven and earth for you more than she does. Look at, look at James and John's mom. Literally moving heaven and earth. Did you notice, by the way, that she didn't ask a question? She said, promise, as a directive. She didn't even ask a question. Promise me this is what you're going to do. Moms wired to be crazy for their kids. You know, when I think about, when I think about my mom, Natalie, and Karen's mom, Tony, and, and Karen, you know, I, I'm blessed because all three of them, I tell you what, they're worth a whole lot more in a day. A whole lot more than a, than a card or a gift or a meal or a a phone call, worth a lot more than that. So the challenge for me and the challenge for you is how we kind of take this warm sentimentality, this warm fuzzy we get on this day, and how we put some life and some flesh to that. 
So not only are we doing that today, but it begins to happen Thursday. And in the middle of June. And and in September. And next February. You know, a lot of us, we put some thought. Now, different levels. But we put some thought into today, didn't we? I mean, if nothing else, at 3 o'clock yesterday, we thought, Ah, i got to go get a card. Or we thought about, you know, what, what would be a gift? What would be the appropriate thing to do? Or you know, we thought, oh, hey, let's, let's make sure we call, must make sure we call mom today. We put some thought in that. Folks, that's what God wants to see in us, not just today, but every day. She doesn't stop being for us, so we shouldn't stop showing honor and respect. You know, a lot of times we come to church, we, we walk in the doors of the church, and Well, we can be coming in here with a lot of experiences, a lot of emotions, a lot of a background. We could come in here looking for a lot of different things. But I think one commonality is when we walk through these doors, we're looking for something about God, aren't we? I want to know Him a little bit better. I want to to know what God's will for my life is. Boy, folks, I can tell you with the authority of God's Word standing behind me, God's will for your life, whatever mom was like, God's will for your life is to put some thought into how you appreciate. To put some thought into how you respect and how you honor. Man, he says it in the Old Testament. He says it in the New Testament. It flows through the Word of God. God's pleased when He looks down here and He sees all this activity that we do to honoring and respecting and appreciating. Folks, that's what we're to be as believers. Now, that's to be the DNA of our lives. So he, he is pleased as we do this. But I would say his will for your life and my life is that it rises above the second Sunday in May, right? And it lands on the third Sunday in, in some other month. And it lands on the days in between the Sundays. How do we put some thought in showing some respect, some gratitude, some honor? For this person that was wired to live sacrificially for you. Wired to live for your (laughs) well-being. Wired to be crazy for you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And I have, we have acknowledged that we've entered this room. And we've got a, a wide range of experiences and emotions when it comes to a day like this. Lord, for those who maybe today are walking through a loss for the very first time. Maybe it's been a long time ago, but mom was just so precious and there's still a a hurt at her loss. Father, I just pray you'll be for them what they need. Fill their heart, fill their lives with your peace and your presence. Show them your faithfulness. God, for those that are so desiring to have a child and for whatever reason that has not come about yet. God, be for them what they need. Be their prize and their joy. And Father, for all of us who relate with a mom on some level or another and a wide range of experiences, Lord, I pray we would realize today that what we give to mom is not just based on her deservedness. What we give to mom, we give because our heart and our mind is on you. What we give is because we're following you. And you have told us in all situations that you are honored when we seek to honor mom and dad. That might be difficult in some situations, God, but that's why we pause and we ask for your help. We ask for your guidance, how we do that. And I pray you are pleased as you look on this country and other countries that do something like this. God, may you bless 
this effort and this attempt to honor and to appreciate what you designed, what you created in a mom. We ask this, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.